0: Alright, uh, welcome to the Speak Your Peace podcast, my name is Ian McNaughton, uh, we got some special guests joining us first, uh, Scott, Scott, how are you today?
1: Yeah, doing well, I'm excited, it's going to be a good part, we've got lots to talk about, you know, upcoming NHL season, some interesting junior players that we might see, both in the NHL or even back in their own leagues, we'll have to see what happens though, for sure.
0: Uh, and then also joining us today is Joshua Bell, uh, Josh is the Director of Content uh, for Eastern Canada, and as a crossover scout for FC hockey. Josh, thank you very much for taking the time to be, to be with us today. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Oh, no worries. Um, so Josh, just, just explain to the people who might not be familiar with your work uh, what it is that you do and kind of how you got into the industry.
2: All right. Um, So I forever ago went to school for professional writing and wanted to one day kind of go into sports journalism after my uh, hockey playing career was ended with a broken hip at just 15. Um, Just always wanted to stay close to the game. And so um, tried to do that and thought it was too hard to get into. So dropped it for a while and then was just looking for a hobby and started writing for the hockey writers and uh, started covering the Sens and um, because I'm here in Ottawa. And then they were looking for people to help out with draft content Uh, for one of the drafts. I think it was the 2018 or 2019 and I was just hooked next year with the Hockey Writers. I went all in on draft content the full year, dropped the send stuff. And uh, apparently people liked my stuff and joined FC as a scout. And now I'm their director of content. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of just uh, just started from a hobby and interest in hockey.
0: So how long have you been doing this for now? Like about three years or so?
2: Yeah, I started in, I think it was 2018.
0: Okay. Uh and, and what so it was just trying to get in, you know, some way into hockey without playing, obviously, because you suffered a broken hip. <laughs> it was it was like what made you want to get into it? Just staying with the game, keeping active?
2: Yeah, I was just uh just treating it as a hobby, really, just to kind of get my voice out there, wanted to write about hockey. Um and yeah, it just kind of took off from there. So I still have that mentality of treating it as a hobby, but definitely takes up more of my time now.
0: For sure. Um, so we're coming less than a week after the World Juniors uh, finale on Tuesday with the U.S. beating Canada 2-0. Uh, um, any any big takeaways on the World Juniors from your perspective, Josh?
2: Um, it's, it's always interesting to see all the, the hype Canada gets. Obviously, you want Canada win. Um, but if you look at the difference in the two pools the U.S. pool was quite a bit stronger than the Canadian pool. Uh, so maybe some people saw it, kind of saw it coming, but uh, the majority were kind of shocked that Canada was shut out. But it's it's always interesting to see how the pools can impact the final.
1: Um, For sure. I think an- another thing on that note, uh, Josh, is that you re- in, again, in the last game, you really saw um, how... The Americans could really drive the play, and the Canadians just, for what for whatever reason, they just couldn't get it going in the game against the U.S. All the other games, they had someone going, but the U.S. was really good at kind of locking up the middle, and Canada didn't have enough creative play drivers. They got like Zegers, they got like Turcotte, even Caulfield that could really push the defense back and really create that space, and that just didn't happen with the Canadians for whatever reason, but...
2: Yeah, yeah, they did a the, the U.S. did a really good job at shutting down the the Canadian guys. It was it was really impressive to watch, actually.
1: No kidding, for sure.
0: So, I'm an I'm an American fan, Josh. If you didn't know, I'm originally <laughs> I'm from the states. Uh, I get I get a, quite a lot of hate from my uh, Canadian <laughs> friends. But just can you talk on about Matthew Beniers? Just like go off for a second on him and how well he performed because he seemed to be like one of the you know big bright spots for draft eligible players this upcoming season.
2: Oh, definitely. If out of the draft eligibles, him and uh, Florian Elias on Team Germany are definitely the yeah. two the two key ones. But yeah. Beniers, oh, so I've been watching him with Michigan this year and he's quickly become one of my favorite prospects. Um, he just, he does everything so well. Um, we, there's a lot of talk about Lundell last year, Anton Lundell, about his two-way play. And I think Beniers is this year's edition of that and he might even take it to another level. Um, he's his compete on the ice is just incredible you see him for checking hard turning over pucks and then all of a sudden he's the first forward back in his own end uh he makes plays he's throwing his body around you saw him knocking down some canadians in that final Mm -hmm. game like it's he plays with a fearlessness that
1: uh is really impressive do you think he's got more kind of skill and more uh, more dynamic aspect than lundell does because you said you compared you know they're pretty comparable and i definitely agree with you there but do you think one's better than the other in terms of like skill and dynamic play
2: uh, it's kind of hard. I mean, Lundell's playing in the league, right? He's uh, yeah. And obviously he showed in the tournament that he does have that offensive skill that so many people said he didn't have last year. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's going to be interesting to see. I think Lundell probably has a higher ceiling. Yeah. Um, but Beniers might not be that far behind. It might be pretty close. Pretty close. Cool.
0: Do you, is Beniers a top five pick right now in your mind? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: I I've been thinking I ha, I wasn't sure if I was going to do rankings this year because uh, obviously with FC we do group rankings yeah. uh, but I've been thinking about it lately and I I would honestly I might even have him top two wow
0: Ooh, okay and that must be like veering off a little bit that must be like because you're obviously a scout like this is your job this is what you do for a living like. I'm sure you're one of the guys who's been praising Veneers this whole season. And then when you get a major tournament like this, where a lot of eyeballs are on someone like Matthew Veneers in the world juniors, and now everybody's talking about him. It it might be, is it a little bit frustrating or is it kind of cool? Like now people are kind of seeing what you're seeing to a certain extent.
2: Oh, no, it's good. I mean, he he deserves the recognition and it's kind of good to see the, the widespread uh, praise for him. Um, No, I don't think it's, it's too frustrating. Not everybody can watch all the games. Um, I will note this, this isn't what I do for a living. This is still kind of a, a side yeah. hustle.
0: <laughs> well, I know this is what you want. I know it's what you want to do. And I know yeah. that you, like, you enjoy doing this and you, you've done a great job. That's why we're having you on here right? because you know, you're, 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 like a pro in our eyes. <laughs>
2: I appreciate that.
0: Um, I, I think Scott has to ask you about some of the, the German players though, because like Scott, Scott's a German fan, but they, for what they had, they must've had like a, 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 for, you know, losing 16 to 2 but then all of a sudden just keep going as they went on
1: yeah well i got a few questions about the german guys for sure yeah um, but you mentioned the first question i have you mentioned Florian elash uh, earlier do you where do you think he's going to go in this draft because again he he was a top i think 10 score in the tournament he's a very good player really good um centering strutula and Paterka, but where do you think he's actually going to go in the draft
2: I think he's probably still kind of a, a later round pick, uh, yeah. just being an overager. But it is, I is—I uh, just had an article come out on FC hockey this morning, actually, about kind of digging into the numbers. And Eliash was actually top 10 in almost every stat. Obviously, the goal was distant points, but in faceoffs and challenges and uh, just making things happen, he, he was all over the ice. So oh, yes, yeah. obviously, you think uh, playing with Stutzla and Paterka that he's kind of going to get a bump and maybe those two carried him. But mm-hmm. honestly, if you go back and watch a lot of it, he was forcing turnovers. He was making yep. plays happen. He was starting in his own end and then Sturzel and paterka would go up, but he was driving the lanes. He was kind of forcing it into the into the house. So it was, yeah, he's uh, definitely not a passenger on that line. So he's, he, I think he will get drafted, I, mm-hmm. I hope. And like even last year playing in the, the DNL, the second tier uh, German league, he yep. led the league in goals. So he's, he's shown go. that he's got some skill. So we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, he wasn't a passenger. And he wasn't. But again, we know that the main driver of that line was Shuzla. And you're, yeah. you're, from the, you're from the Ottawa area. And what are your thoughts <laughs> on kind of his performance? And, I mean, we knew he was that good. But, like, what are your thoughts? Do you think he'll kind of do well in the NHL this year? And just hear, speak on Shuzla for some of the fans here that don't maybe know about him.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he was probably a strong contender for MVP. Yeah. Like if, if you, you never see guys kind of losing the quarterfinals and win MVP, but he could have very easily been the first one to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, coming into Ottawa, we'll see. I think uh, I've seen some things that he might play with a couple of vets. So obviously they'll kind of insulate him with some, some solid guys. Um, I would still temper expectations. It's always hard for uh, rookies coming into the league and the Dell to the NHL is, is quite the jump, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely promising for the Senators fans here in Ottawa to see him finally wear the uh, the jersey
1: for sure. Yeah, he'll be he'll be to me he'll be one of the better players in out of that draft for sure. Oh yeah, I yeah. don't doubt that for a second. So, yeah, there's a lot of them I hope, but uh yeah, yeah he's he's up there. The 2020 draft was, was pretty good for sure. Um but yeah, we're talking about 21 draft. Um I also want to mention Brad Lambert because People, you know, people are thinking, okay, that's not a Finnish name. But, you know, he was obviously really good. And he's a quite one of the better Finns. And he still, is, he'll be back at the next year, next year tournament for the Junior. So I know it's 2022, but <laughs> maybe, maybe have some insight on him. And, um, yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, he
2: was probably the best 2022 eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, all of them were, were really stellar, though. I, I think I wrote about it yesterday at a column on FC say that, uh, the 2022s outplayed the 2021s overall. Wow! Um, and like, it, if you look down the list of 2022s that actually played, they they all really stood out, and they right. were right spots on their teams. And Brad Lambert was no different. Uh, there were times I thought he was arguably the best player on the ice. Um, he's going to be very exciting, and I'm really excited next year to see him versus Shane Wright. Yeah, no that's, kidding. Uh, that's probably going to be one of the highlights in the tournament, and I'm I'm already looking forward to it.
0: So with the World Juniors, I don't want you to show your cards too much, but who is one guy that really took you by surprise or that you 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 know, you were really impressed with in this tournament? Uh, I if, you think... can name, if you can name one, I know it's not easy to name one, but one or two <laughs> guys that really impressed you throughout this year's World Juniors.
2: Yeah, so the first one is, we already talked about it, but Eliash... Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think many people saw that, that performance coming. Um, another guy, and I'm going to go back to the, the 2022 class is, uh, I might pronounce this name wrong, but David Jurasek, the Czech defenseman.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, he Ooh, was, yeah. he was a uh, top three player on the team, but he, he actually was the leader of all draft eligibles in Corsi. He had something like a 68.8% positive Corsi. Like he he was just he was almost dominant when he was on the ice and he didn't even play too, too much playing on a third pairing. Uh, but he really impressed me.
0: Gotcha. And is there anybody who you were disappointed with or you kind of expected more out of these world juniors that you're hoping can pick it up here in the second, either second half of whatever season we might get, or maybe they'll get it back next year in the world juniors.
2: Yeah. Um, I- I'll stick with draft eligibles. Cause obviously yeah. that's kind of what I focused on, but, uh, I might pronounce this name wrong, too. Daniel Cheka, the Russian defenseman. Yeah. Uh, coming into this year, even, he was kind of touted as a top 15, top 20 pick, maybe, or at least a first rounder. And he hasn't really done too much to impress me this year. Uh, both in, he's played in, I think, the KHL, VHL, and the MHL in Russia. He played in the Karjala Cup for Russia, and I didn't really like his performance there. And then I don't think there's many people who will say he, he stood out in the world juniors he was even scratched for a game another game he played just two or three minutes um but yeah he kind of looked a little lost out there which is a, a little concerning for somebody who's gaining traction in the first round um obviously it's just kind of one data point but uh yeah. hopefully he can turn around in the second half especially when and if there is an OHL season he could uh,
1: mm-hmm. come
2: back and impress but we'll see
1: Again, that would mean that reminds me of what kind of people were saying about Quentin Bifu as well. Like he wasn't that impressive in the twenty nineteen or twenty twenty World Juniors. He didn't play that much, um, but again, he got drafted quite high. So maybe he will stay, still get drafted high. It just depends. Like you said, it's one data point. Maybe he'll have a good second half. And,
2: yep, yep, um, for sure. Still, uh, still a ways away.
1: Also, i want to talk about Team Sweden for a bit, and you know, people kind of didn't. They had a bit bit of tampered expectations. Their coaches got a lot of the coaching staff got uh, COVID and um, some of the I think top center as well had COVID. And uh, maybe just speak on Sweden because obviously their, their big 54 game win streak got, um, got snapped and um, they just lost, they lost in the quarters to the Finns. Maybe speak on how the Swedes were as a team and even some of their players that maybe could have performed better.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, the COVID implications can't really be overlooked, like losing some of your coaching staff. Like you said, they lost uh, uh, Hendrickson, their top center. They lost William Eklund, who is probably going to be one of their top players, even though he's a 21 eligible. Uh, and yeah, they, they kind of just couldn't go together. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not a huge Hugo Alnefelt. I, I can't pronounce these names. I'm not a huge fan of his. Um, I, I just don't really like his technique. And I think if they went. With uh, Jesper Wallstedt, they might yeah. have uh, got a little better, but yeah, they just—I don't know—the team couldn't really carry it all on the backs of Raymond and Holtz. And uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, they can kind of turn that around. Looking forward. moving forward, they've got a pretty promising group over there in the next for the next few years at least. So,
1: yeah, hopefully I was really impressed with Wallstedt as well. I think that's a good—you good mentioned that he'll be their starter next year for sure. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, he was when. Obviously on Anafelt wasn't that impressive like you said. And um Wallstead really kept them in a lot of games, which they probably shouldn't have been in.
2: Yeah, I mean he played uh, the one full game, uh let it late let in four, but I think that was was that against uh Russia? I might be wrong. Uh but he played the one and then he went in covered for Anafelt in the US game right. and shut them out. Shut them out. Yeah. So yeah, he, he looked good. Uh, which is really promising. You just look at Askarov. Last year at the World Juniors, kind of struggled and lost a spot, and mm-hmm. then Wallstat kind of steps up and maybe should have been given more chances.
0: Yeah, with, with Wallstat being he's being like you're getting drafted this year at some point. Do yeah. you think it turns teams off? Like because Askarov got picked, not I don't think he got picked when it was 11th, I believe, with Askarov and 12th or 13th with Knight. Yeah. Do you think with Goaltender's getting higher, you know, getting drafted higher these last couple of years. That Wallstat will also break the top ten, you know, barrier that we've seen with goaltenders. Maybe even top five in some cases. Do you think Wallstat's the guy to do that this upcoming year?
2: Uh, definitely. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. that uh, Maddie Beniers would probably be in my top two, and Wallstat would probably be the other one in my top two right now. Um, I think he might be first, and it's just so if you look at. Spencer Knight, Askarov, and then Wallstead, I think the three of them are kind of on the same tier. Obviously, the age difference impacts, but the three of them are going to be pretty close. They're going to be, going to be the next uh, uh, Sorokin and uh, Shashirkin battle. Uh, but the class outside of the goaltenders is a little bit weaker in 21. And so while Knight and Askarov fell outside of the top 10 because all those strong forwards and defenders that went above them, Mm-hmm. I think Wallstead has an interesting chance here to go higher because this class doesn't really have those uh, potential superstars, stars, high-end elite
1: players that we've seen in past years. And it, it, I think it's also dependent on who, what teams pick where because, yeah. you, you know, Nashville's not going to pick another, you know, they're not going to pick Wallstead if they happen to be in that top five position. Or, sure. a, say, a team like Anaheim with a young superstar goalie, like, you're not going to go and pick Wallstead.
2: Yeah, it depends because goalies always – they take, what, five, six years sometimes? They can, yeah. It'll be interesting for for Wallstead because we typically don't see draft-eligible goaltenders play a full season in a professional league. It doesn't happen, and he's Mm. taken over the starter role in the SHL. So it's going to be interesting. I I think at the very least he'll be top-ten pick, I think.
0: This just breaking off from the World Juniors a little bit. Uh, for yourself as as someone who scouts hockey players, we're obviously having a weird season to say the least here in North America. But how much stock do you put in a North American player who hasn't had a chance to showcase himself here in North America? Like how like for someone like Chase Stillman, for example, who's you know he's gone off and played in Europe. How much do you, do you put more stock, less stock in someone like that who's playing in unusual circumstances, or does it really make a difference in your eyes?
2: Um, I mean, it's hard. This year, Like we, we have the conversations internally at FC talking about how to rank players, and it's hard to rank the guys that haven't played because they've had such a long offseason. Mm-hmm. Chances are they've taken big steps forward, and so you don't know how they're going to look, and so we're kind of having to go off last year's tape which isn't really fair to kind of compare against the new guys. So it's hard. But then you look at a guy, Chase Stillman's a good example. I was watching tape on him. He's playing in the the Denmark league, Mm -hmm. which is 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 kind of a a weaker league. Uh, And he's just absolutely dominant offensively, but then doesn't put any effort in defensively. Mm. So it's hard because I I know that he does have some defensive ability. We saw it last year in the OHL but he doesn't need it over there because he could win games on his own offensively the whole game I watched they won I think it was like 15 to two or three and he had seven points wow. so <laughs> it's kind of hard to, to put too too much stock into that because you want to see what he can do against
1: a bit of better competition for sure uh, I wanted to ask you about a guy that probably could have slash should have made the Canadian team own power because he's also draft eligible this year correct
2: he is yeah yeah um, yeah, it's too bad. I, I was hoping to see him. Obviously, it makes sense with the, the NCAA season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They didn't want to give him up for well, like six weeks. Uh, yeah, he's a lot of people are, have him in Brent Clark top two. Top two. Um, I'm not sure I see power top two. He's uh, he's definitely promising. He's got scale. He was dominant last year with the steal. Um, I kind of question some of his defensive game. Um, he's definitely got the offensive talent he has flashes of defensive, but uh, I question a little bit. Um, just plants his feet too much and kind of gets lost puck watching. But right. he's still he's still one of the better defenders in this class, and I, I would have him probably top five still.
1: Do you think his kind of defensive lapses kind of, kind of comes chalks it up to a bit of a maturity and a bit of just like a seasoning that he'll get in the NCAA, but also once he gets drafted, kind of playing with the better, some better offensive play, like, you know, playing against better offensive guys and maybe yeah, how, like, a team, you know, if, for example, like, if he gets drafted by a team like Tampa Bay, like, he can watch Victor Hedman or he can go watch Roman Yossi in Nashville, like, watch these guys that have been there for a while, have this, ups- you know, this offensive upside, but also know how to scale it back a bit.
2: Yeah, and, like, it's hard to kind of judge a player jumping from the USHL to the NCAA, especially sure. on defense. Um, it takes okay. a little bit of adjustment, and hopefully, as the season goes on, he gets a little bit more more comfortable, a little bit uh, stronger in mm-hmm. his own end, and and that's probably going to come. And then, like you said, and the, the next step, getting drafted, he'll he'll get better. Um, yeah. I I kind of see him more as an offensive defenseman, right? Um, but he might he might have some of that that two way ability. We'll we'll kind of have to see how it goes.
1: Who would you say is closest comparable is right now in the NHL?
2: uh that's interesting i think headman's a, a good example yeah. that you mentioned there um i'm not sure he'll he'll reach headman's level right uh but that just that kind of style of play cool
0: you know your focus is on eastern canada with the q and the o uh we, we saw a bit of a, a q season and there it's kind of a mix up with them <laughs> um who are some pro- draft-eligible prospects in the queue who caught your eye at least early on in the, in the, in the short se- you know short season they've had so far?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so the big names, Zachary Leroux, Zach Bullduke, Xavier, Borgo, uh, they're kind of coming as advertised. There's a lot of conversation about which one is the best. And uh, I've really liked what I've seen out of Leroux. Um, I know there are questions about his, his compete, which maybe we'll see him fall a little bit. Uh, so it might be Duke, but Borgo is strong too, but he is one of the older ones and he's in his, I think third Q season rather than his second, like the others. Um, but one guy who doesn't get a, a whole lot of mention is Peter Reynolds. Um, so he's, uh, playing with the Sea Uh, he's just a two way force. He's really impressive. My, uh, the Eastern head scout, Dylan Galloway. He, uh, hypes him up whenever he can. And, uh, he's actually working on a deep dive on him right now. So that should be up soon. Uh, but he's a guy who I think will probably squeeze into the first round. Um, is really stood out to me. And then, uh, another one, the next coming of Bobby Orr. uh, he's a rookie actually in the queue, uh, forward. And he, he's got that compete that you just, he never takes his foot off the gas. He's got a nice shot. He thinks the game fast and, uh, like it's, it's hard he's a rookie so you don't have that Q season from last year to mm-hmm. go off of but he, he's coming in pretty well and he's looked good so far cool
0: I was, I was with, and then the OHL we're hoping that starts at some point uh, <laughs> is, is there anybody that you are looking forward to or you're anticipating watching in the upcoming OHL season
2: oh I'm just excited for live hockey if that ever happens <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> just to be at a rink but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice to see some of these guys overseas, like Brant Clark's in Slovakia now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan Milieu and Matt Maggio are overseas. And there's a few guys playing. But, um, yeah, like obviously those top guys, I really want to see Mason McTavish this year. I'm, I'm hoping he can uh, take a step forward. Um, st- I still have him as probably one of the top three guys out of the O, but I just I want to make sure that he's still there. Uh, Brennan Othman is playing in the Swiss right now, I, and he's, he looks so much better than he looked last year. So, I really want to see how he does against the O guys. And then the uh, the two goalies, uh, Ben Gudrow and Tristan Lennox. And there was some there was some some talk about uh, the potential of one of them squeaking into the first round, It'd probably be Ben Gaudreau. Um, but I, I, yeah, I just want to see how they, they've progressed.
0: So it sounds like there's going to be hopefully some decent talent when we get an OHL season, (laughs) if we get an OHL season. Um, So with the OHL, they talked about body checking. Are we still going to have body checking with that, with the league coming up? Are we, you
2: It seems like that's still a a question mark, but I mean, the Leafs and the Sens are playing now. They have the uh, high-performance exception. So there, there's obviously going to be contact at the NHL. So I think that's probably, that ship has sailed. But uh, the, the biggest question will be if, if and when there is a season. I know the WHL just came out with the proposed, like, 24-game season. 24-game. So yep. maybe we see something similar um, in a bubble. I don't know. Well, hopefully there's something. We'll see.
1: They could do, I mean, the OHL could probably do it like in divisions, you know, like because yeah. they have a team in the US, you could have like the quote, US division. They could have, you know, like the West with like London, Sarnia, Windsor, and then your Eastern teams like Kingston, Ottawa, um, yeah. North North Bay, maybe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hopefully yeah. we see something. Um, see something it's going to sure. be, be tough to work, especially with the, the numbers, COVID numbers yeah. right now. Uh, but we'll see. Safety's first, obviously. And uh, like we're seeing cases in the NHL and obviously the OHL probably wouldn't have the same uh, funding for their safety measures. So we'll see.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Scott, do you have anything else that you want to add with Josh here before, before we go? No,
1: hon- honestly, like that was, I had a lot of insight there and you really gave me an, it's like an insight into where some of these guys might go. I, you know, I know some of the names like Walsh did, Veneers, power. Some of these guys are really good. I just didn't know where you might go. It's really interesting hearing your side of it and, Hearing what you do, it's really cool what you do and how much you know. It's very interesting to see. And We're wishing you the best. Hopefully you keep doing well and hopefully we'll get a season going soon. (laughs) I appreciate that. Appreciate that.
0: Thanks, Josh, for coming on. Uh, We really appreciate it. And hopefully we can do this again soon.
2: Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks a lot for having me.